Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, on April 30th, 2021. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a really beautiful place to do just The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce has been serving the community since 1941. It is an association of businesses, other entities, and individuals organized to encourage a strong local economy and quality of life by promoting commerce, sound government, and an informed membership and community. I'm your host, Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose. That's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. And joining me as co-host, the president and CEO of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman. Hey, Kelly, how are you today? Good morning, Joe. Happy Friday. I'm fantastic. It's Fantastic Friday. How are you? Yes. I'm, I'm wonderful. It's, it's a wonderful day today. It is a wonderful day. Um, very <laughs> happy to be here again. Always love our Friday rendezvous, uh, Friday morning, yeah. you know, what's happening. Um, we get a chance to highlight some of our fabulous members and events and initiatives that are happening in the South Bay. It's, I look forward to Fridays. I, I love this. A lot of people look forward mm. to Fridays because it's the last day of the week. Yeah, quote, mm-hmm. unquote, work week. Um, I'm not sure my work week ever ends. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I look forward to Fridays because I get to talk with you and all yeah. of our interesting guests and really, you know, explore cool things. I, I just really like it. It's, um, right. it's a nice way to end the week, so to speak. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, find out what's going on. Um, did you do anything interesting this week? Anything um, that we did should know I about? Did anything interesting? Something but the weather in Salem, Oregon, is amazing right now. Yesterday was, was gorgeous. Uh-huh. So, um, I mean, that's, we talk about the weather a lot up here. <laughs> yes. Well, hey, guess what? We talk a lot about the weather down here too, because it's usually gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's you know yeah. been in the seventies. It's beautiful. I um, had it, it was really fun too. Is right now what's starting to happen is people are starting to feel more comfortable as they get vaccinated. You know, returning to the workplace, mm. uh, returning to in-person meetings. You know, returning to that lunch meeting, that, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And there's just such a good energy in the air. There still are so many people who have not had the opportunity yet to, you know, return to work or normal, you know, activities, whatever normal is these days. But um, I'm seeing a lot more of that. And people are popping into my office to say hello and sit down and have a chat. Mm -hmm. Um, Yesterday I had a great um, kind of a strategy meeting over at the new tap room in Manhattan Beach, Culture Brewing. I think I maybe have mentioned it a few times, but there's this tap room mm-hmm. that, um, from Solano Beach originally that serves, you know, amazing. Um, they they uh, brew all their own beers, different flavors mm-hmm. and what have you, and had a nice, you know, strategy meeting sitting outside in the sun um, with them and you know it's just to be able to do that and meet in person again and get outside you know safely is um, really a good feeling it's amazing when you get that vaccine and you get your second <laughs> dose uh, how you feel it kind of liberates you you know um, I don't yeah. know if you feel yeah. the same way maybe I'm yeah, I, maybe it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're very happy my wife and I are both uh, half vaccinated we're we've yet to get our uh-huh. second shot but it's coming up very soon it is it is that's that's awesome well um don't you know let that slip by um schedule that if you haven't already and, and get on top of that um, right. so so right. important but um i'm excited right. for the weekend uh, if you remember last week we had um seroptimus international on talking about luna fest and right. uh, that starts tomorrow um i have my tickets 
remember the little goodie bag that they said the like the premium tickets would receive like with popcorn and snacks and little gift certificates. I received <laughs> that yesterday in the office. A little, you know, Sir Optimus Fairy dropped it off. Um, so excited to sit down. And I actually think um, I get access to the movies tonight with my link. So mm-hmm. I might, you know, look at a few of the movies tonight and then all weekend to view. I, I'm just really excited about that. We had such an interesting conversation, um, you know, with those people yes. when they were on with Kelly Fogarty yes. and the producer. So um, I don't know if you have, mm-hmm. you know, if you have your, your tickets yet, but um, for anybody else who's listening who wants to participate in the Luna Fest Film Festival, which is a fundraiser for Seroptimus International mm-hmm. of Manhattan Beach, um, you can still mm-hmm. purchase the tickets. You can go on to the Seroptimus International website, um, simanhattanbeach.org, and purchase your tickets. And um, these are mm-hmm. women, you know, these are films by women, for women, but anybody can watch, and women filmmakers. So, um, you know, scoop up your tickets, only $25 or $35 um, to get all these films and watch them all weekend long. Such a deal. And Seroptimus International does such great work um, with scholarships for mm-hmm. young women and um, really makes a difference in the community. So I um, just want to great, remind great. people of that because it's that's a good cause and, and you get to watch cool okay. movies. So um, <laughs> something else very exciting tomorrow, um, the um, El Segundo Automobile Driving Museum um, over there um, east of Sepulveda in El Segundo is officially reopening. They're having a grand reopening. I don't know if you've ever been over there, but, you know, the museum is loaded with all different types and decades of uh, makes and models of cars, um, antique mm-hmm. collectibles, fancy, old, you know, it's just amazing to walk in there. And you don't even have to be a car enthusiast, you know, automobile enthusiast to appreciate the beauty of some of these cars. But they're um, uh, reopening officially tomorrow for business and having a celebration. Mm -hmm. Of course, all these businesses, you know, always uh, are following all the guidelines. You have to wear a mask when you go inside and in social distance and all of that. But it's really fun mm-hmm. to see um, them reopening also. And then I just, you know, I, we were doing our newsletter yesterday, and Caroline's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's only two weeks to Mother's Day. And I'm like, what? I feel like this year is going so fast. So we're reminding people that Mother's Day is only two weeks away and make those reservations because, you know, brunch, the two biggest brunch days of the year are Mother's Day and Easter. So you've got to make mm-hmm. those reservations in advance. And I think almost, you know, every um, sit-down restaurant in the South Bay uh, has a Mother's Day brunch. And whether you're, you know, at, at Shade, Manhattan, Shade, Redondo, the Strand House, Tin Roof Bistro, Love and Salt, wherever it is, Make your reservations mm-hmm. so you don't miss out um, for mom. Um, so important. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, um, uh, what else do we have going on? That's about it, I think, um, on the big, you know, announcements and reopenings. Every time there's a reopening, we just want to, like, you know, bang the drum Celebrate. and toot the horns and bring out the parade. Mm-hmm. We can't quite do that yet. Um, we're going to be getting back to ribbon cuttings. Um, by the end of May, we're excited about that and um, celebrating mm-hmm. all these businesses that are reopening and ones that opened during the pandemic, and we didn't really get a chance to celebrate them, too. So um, our mm-hmm. social activity and networking and in-person gatherings are going, getting ready to, um, you know, uh, come back and tick up with activity. So we're very, very, very excited about that. Um, yeah, so that's about it. I don't have any other real big announcements today, I don't think. Um, okay. Is there anything else that is on your list that you can think of that I'm missing? I'm just looking at my calendar. Oh, I do have one. I knew I was forgetting something. Oh. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, Tabula Rasa, our good friend Maureen McBride, uh, Tabula Rasa Essential mm-hmm. from downtown Manhattan Beach, is having her 22nd annual uh, spring Best Guest event. Um, and she does this every year around the annual, uh, her anniversary date of her business. Um, she has been in business mm-hmm. for 22 years, which is quite 
uh, remarkable for any business, let alone a retail business, let alone a business that has survived the pandemic. So um, the, the best guest event, you can get up to, you know, 20 plus percent off um, of everything in the store. So if you're around downtown Manhattan Beach, stop by Ta- Tabula Ross Essentials, um, it, stock up on, you know, blankets, pillows, candles, soaps, lotions, signs, whatever you need, table setting. Um, her store <laughs> is so wonderful for yourself or if a gift for others, um, it's always nice to kind of refresh with all that. So between the best guest event, LunaFest, Automobile Driving Museum, reopening, I think those are all just positive signs um, of uh, what is coming up. And um, I do I, Hey, is the Kentucky Derby this week also, this weekend? That's you right. I, I think you're right. No, I don't really you know, follow it, but I heard something on the wires. You know what? And I'm just clicking over to our friends at Shade to see. And sure enough, um, they're having their seventh annual Kentucky Derby party tomorrow. I just mm-hmm. can't believe tomorrow's mm-hmm. May 1st, by the way. That just kind of blows my mind. Um, they're having it tomorrow, May 1st. Five months. Starts at 12, yeah, 12 p.m. at Shade Manhattan Beach, Kentucky Derby. So get your, you know, seersucker out. Get your big hats out. You know, men, you got to <laughs> get your, you know. Yeah, your 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 spiffies on and go uh, have a yeah. little Kentucky Derby fun. They always have a special menu, you know, mint juleps and everything fun. So, Shade <laughs> Manhattan Beach tomorrow at 12 p.m. So um, there you go. Okay, that's it. I've made it through all of our announcements. All right. Good. Um, Excellent. One Excellent. of one of our guests is um, texting me that he. Uh, he lost his connection to the show and is yes. trying to dial back yes. in. You see him there? Okay. I see that. Um, I see that. No, he's not back in yet. So okay. All do you right. want to uh, begin the introduction, and I will go yes. and get him. Okay. You Please can do. do that. I, um, Who are our guests today? Very <laughs> Who are our guests today? We have a lot to talk about today, very important um, subject. But first, our first guest is Ty Mason, co-founder of Your Journey Home and Higher Grounds Management. Coach Ty Mason is a former gang intervention specialist, juvenile probation officer, and deputy probation officer. He attended Sacred Heart Cathedral College Preparatory High School in San Francisco and studied psychology and criminal justice at University of Las Vegas. Coach Ty is a certified and health coach specializing in motivational interviewing techniques, family mediation, behavior intervention, and relapse prevention. He brings over 21 years of personal experience to his clients and the families he serves. Joining him today is a mentor facilitator with his practice, and that is Nick Salvamini. Coach Nick is currently enrolled at Grand Canyon University studying social work with emphasis on psychology and addiction. He's a certified health and life coach, mentors many families in Las Vegas and Southern California. Nick enjoys reading, working out, and writing. He currently writes many blogs for the Journey Home organization. Nick is a firm believer that families that read and write together stay together. Um, Today we're going to talk about um, children, how to get them back on track, how to identify perhaps, um, you know, things that are uh, getting them, are derailing them, and we're going to help parents um, have a good conversation and get our kids um, healthy. So I'd like to welcome Nick and Ty Mason to the show. Hey, all right. Hi, guys. How are we doing? Very good, Nick. How are you? Great. Very good. So, so Nick, I'm still. I'm, I'm no, not yet. I'm still working on getting Ty back. So, I guess what I'm going to ask Nick, just for people out there um, that that are going to be curious about this anyway, let's give a sort of the 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 elevator pitch. What is your journey home, Nick? Well, um, to start it off, I mean. Every situation is fairly different that we work with, um, ranging from uh, trouble dynamics in the home, um, just individual issues regarding, you know, maybe self-discipline, the communication in the home, um, or maybe just internal issues within the individual. 
Um, so what we try to do is we come into the home and uh, bring accountability to the table. We try to bridge the gap in between the parents' um, dynamic and the kid because most cases we find that the teen wants to do the opposite of whatever the parent is saying, um, whether that's hormone stress, difficulty having coping skills, peer pressures, um, all those things combined. And we just want to be able to bring back that solid communication between the kid and the parent, right? So mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. what we try to it's do all about is, bridging the gap. Um, right, yeah, br bridging the gap in between, in between the two. Yeah, yeah. Ty, um, what, what we want to start off with is just a general introduction for, for the listeners of what is your journey home in its essence, Ty. Well, well, the Journey Home organization was first founded by another Manhattan Beach parent and myself. Um, unfortunately, we had to send his son away to a wilderness camp and from there transfer him to a ther therapeutic boarding school. Um, his journey was about a year and a half, almost two years, costing this family close to $250,000. Um, during that time, uh, the parent and I met um, every two weeks and started chipping away for about three years because um, we realized this was happening on every block here in the South Bay. There was kids um, really struggling with processing skills, anxiety, um, peer pressure. I mean, in a town full of uh, so many overachievers, it's so easy for these kids to just you know, not keep up with the pact. And um, what we realized was so many kids were getting sent away left and right, but those families that couldn't afford to send uh, their kids away or couldn't um, understand what was going on, we wanted to create um, awareness and provide solutions and also create a safe space for parents to speak up. You know, we live in such um, an overachieving uh, town where Sometimes parents don't feel comfortable speaking out, saying, hey, you know what, my kid has a problem. You know, or as a unit, mm. our, our, our family sh ship is starting to sink. And, you know, mm. I don't want families to be ashamed to ask for help. So that's, that's kind of, the, um, that's kind of the, the, the actual basis of, of why the program was started. Right, right. There are uh, there are many programs uh, as as many people would would um, imagine. There are many programs for those people that don't have money that that are are needing assistance from let's say the state. But in the middle, there's just nothing that's really affordable in terms of family counseling. I mean, there's the 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 nonprofit. Uh, faith-based organizations, your local church and so forth, but there's there's nothing really out there that's really inexpensive that's um, that's commercial. Are you trying to fill that gap in the middle where people can afford some yes. but not 250k? Yes. Yes, that's exactly what we're trying to do for those families that can't afford to send their kid off to off to a program like Wilderness, which is $1,000 per day out of pocket. And then from there at Therapeutic Boarding School, what we did was we partnered with, a, with the Redondo Beach School District. Um, next, we're going to be doing the Manhattan Beach School District, where we provide free evidence-based life skills classes in the schools from a proactive stance, meaning school administrators, coaches, teachers, and counselors will identify some of these problem um, kids before the wheels fall off the bus, so to say. So we find them at sixth, seventh, eighth grade, even ninth grade, and we start chipping away at, you know, obvious things on their risk needs assessment in attempts to avoid them going to Maricosta or Donald Union High by junior and senior year where the wheels are just completely off the bus with drug uses, uh, use, um, the out-of-control type behaviors in the home, drug uses, you know, mm -hmm. drug use. Um, it's Anything we could do from a proactive stance at a cost-effective point, that's, that's what we're aiming to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
So um, there are so many different questions, but but obviously down to it now, um, when you talk about adolescence, you know, teenage years, there are so many different difficult questions. There's, you know, boys and girls and girls and boys. There's just, you know, so many things going on. <laughs> um, but if you add drugs into that mix, if you add drugs into that mix, I it's just, uh, you know, uncontrollable, unbelievable uh, what can happen. Give us, give us yes. some sense of why, give us some sense of why people are in this state. I mean, I, it's culture, but why are people in this state of, oh, well, we can't let the neighbors know? Um, I think especially here in Southern California and in other prominent communities, there's the keeping up with the Jones. Um, you know, we have our kiddos competing for the lacrosse team, for the debate clubs. They're all trying to get into USC and UCLA, a highly competitive, overachieving town. And, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. The parents are the same way. If you notice mm-hmm. Manhattan Beach, so-and-so gets the new Tesla Model X. Well, a few, mm-hmm. few homes down now, they have to get the new Tesla. So there's definitely some peer pressure from the child standpoint, but also the adult standpoint. Um, with that being said, um, I, we've also noticed tons and tons of commonalities. We have, you know, fathers that are working their butts off, you know, high-paid high attorneys, doctors, um, and they're trying to pay these expensive mortgages. And that leaves um, sometimes, in most cases, the mom to have to parent a lot on their own, and they're just doing the best they can with the tools they have. Um, some of the commonalities mm. um, both of our companies have, have noticed is the misdiagnosis. A lot of times we're identifying these kids with drug and alcohol problems. But if you really take the time um, to explore the root of the problem, um, it's usually a processing struggle. It's usually coping skills. Um, it's, it's a ton of peer pressure. As you know, these phones today uh, have the same bells and whistles as the Las Vegas slot machine. So these kids, if they don't get invited to the party, that phone's going to remind them all day and all night that they didn't make the tier one A list of the cool kids. As opposed to when we were in school, Joe, where when we didn't get invited to the party, within 48 hours, we were kind of over it. Yeah. So we, we I, forgot I, I about it. We, the, we had the, to do something else. We, we did. Yeah, we did. So what, what we've created with um, an advanced mentorship program is we bridge the gap. We take the time to get to know your child. We create a safe environment. We've noticed that sending your kid to a therapist and prescription uh, uh, drugs alone won't get the job done. We've also noticed that sending your kid away to, to an inpatient or outpatient treatment and then bringing them back without wraparound services and a, and a firm aftercare program, that won't get the job done either. So we've based these two companies on, you know, protecting your investment, bridging the gap and getting it done right the first time. So what my mentors do is the first two or three weeks we get to know your child, we don't go in and take any video games or remove any cell phones. We just get to know your kids. We find out what they like to do, what they don't like to do, and we gently meet your child and the parent where they're at. Um, There's a a famous quote our company likes to go by, and it's perhaps love is the gentle process of me leading you back to yourself. And that's one of the main Mm -hmm. pillars of both our companies is basically meeting our clients where they're at. And we slowly chip away. So what traditional therapy and treatment programs have done in the past, which, you know, what we've seen really aren't working as well anymore is they just have a treatment plan that they use for, you know, dozens and dozens of families. It's not completely customized. So by meeting the child and the family where they're at and truly assessing Mm -hmm. things, not only each month, each week, each day, each hour, and even down to each moment and transition of each topic into these family interventions. And um, one of the other pillars we use is the OODA loop, O-O-D-A. 
and that's derived mm-hmm. from um, jet fighter uh, jet fighter pilots in World War One, and it stands for observe, orient, decide, and act. Meaning we are constantly temperature checking not only our kids but the family members. So the goal is impactful connection leading to results. That may mean your plan gets torn up that day. We don't do that plan. And we pivot quickly, adapting to where the temperature check of the child and the parent is at. So based on rapport, meeting your family where they're at, you know, assessing what needs to happen at that specific moment, constant drug testing and accountability and transparency, weekly check-ins, positive reinforcement, planned ignoring, through a combination of all those things, we've serviced about almost 300, I don't want to say 315 families in the South Bay thus far the past few years. And of the 300, mm-hmm. uh, 300 or so families we've serviced, we've only had to send three families, maybe four, off to rehab, meaning we couldn't get the job done. And some of that isn't our fault. Sometimes we just get, got to the family a little too late or one of the parents just was incapable of letting go of control and couldn't follow instructions, which, which happens sometimes. And we have to tell families, you know, unfortunately doing it your way prior to this point hasn't worked. And we're asking you to give us the reins temporarily while we take um, a modern-day evidence-based approach, and we'll help you get the reins back. Then we'll give you the reins, and, and we'll monitor to make sure you can handle us on your own, and then we'll slowly, tactfully step away until you no longer need our services. And that's why we've been so effective, Joe. Okay. So, so I hear this phrase a lot. I hear it in corporate America and I hear it from you. Break this down. Evidence-based life skills. What does that mean? It's basically the latest and greatest of tools that's proven to work. Um, we get a lot of our stuff from the University of Cincinnati. We also use the Y Tri program. And these are proven studies to show if, if they're applied properly. And that's the key word, Joe. You can't just take a master's degree student fresh out of college and say, hey, teach this curriculum to a kid. That's not going to work. Mm-hmm. It really comes down to customization, really taking the time to get to know the family, conducting the OODA loop at all times, meeting your client where they're at. And yet, most of the time, we don't read our curriculums word for word. We have to make sure it's palatable to the parent, to the child, and there's true, deep, impactful connection leading to, you know, hardcore, tangible, observable, measurable results. Because at the end of the day, we're tracking Hmm. all of our data to ensure that the job gets done. And at the end of the day, it really Hmm. doesn't matter if it's evidence-based, if it's doctor so-and-so, who's got the accolades, what type of meds they're on, I'm sending them to the best therapist. None of that matters unless you're getting mm-hmm. impactful connection leading to lasting results. So there, there's nothing wrong with using an, an evidence-based program, whether it's CBT or you know, going to therapy and following strict guidelines, but at the end of the day, you still need results. So what our two companies does um, – it's, it's, it's truly amazing because we use the curriculums that are evidence-based. We'll do whatever it takes to get the job. We'll do whatever it takes to make the impactful, um, the impactful touch to where we get, the, we get to the actual honey. Because as you guys know, there's multiple ways <laughs> to get to the honey. And at the end of the day, we need to protect the investment. We have to have the best interests of the child and the parent, and we have to get to the honey. We need to get to the results because – if these kids are using drugs as a coping skill for peer pressure, these are very, very time-sensitive projects. We may not have time to go through this whole curriculum. There may be times when things get a little hot and heavy in these family interventions, but if that's what it takes to get to the honey, then that's what my staff and I are, are totally willing to do. <laughs> I, I want to jump okay. in here. Uh, yeah. So, um, so Ty, I love your analogy of you know getting to the honey. Um, and when you, when you say that, it makes me also think of all the bees swarming around, you know, trying to add to the honey or messing with the honey or claiming the honey, whatever a bee swarm. Mm-hmm. So, Indeed. Um, 
you know, it's not, um, I know it's not just, you know, drug use um, that can derail a child or a family. Um, there's other um, quote-unquote addictions, whether it's, you know, video games. We talked about the effects of social media a little bit, but, um, you know, I don't want people to think it's just drug reuse that kind of de- derails um, mm-hmm. somebody. But can you, let's, let's go back, let's step back to um, how, where does, how can a parent identify in yeah, a problem and, and move from, okay, my kid's crabby or they're feeling stressed at school mm-hmm. or socially they're not, you know, they're not feeling like they're in with a group anymore. What, you know, because as, as a parent, it is difficult. Like, you, you know, you care. You want your kid to be happy. And, and you, it doesn't mean you give them everything, but sometimes those um, cues and clues are uh, missed. Sometimes they're hidden really well. So let, let's dial it back to what are some of the early indicators that something might be amiss? Well, first and foremost, um, we, we, we teach our parents and we pride ourselves, do not rescue your child from a challenge. Instead, teach them how to face it. And I say this because a lot of times little Johnny will come home and he's upset and the mom or dad will see the red flags. And what do we do as parents? We want to fix it. And that's what we don't want our parents to do. It, first and foremost, it starts with the parent modeling strength, modeling boundaries, and modeling healthy coping skills in the home. Because as you know, our, our parents and families are stressed too. There's no such thing as a leave it to beaver family. So we ask our parents to mm. first look in the mirror. If there's a problem in the home, look at yourself first. Is there anything you could be doing differently? Second of all, when the red flags do pop up, there's two types of parents. There's one that's just too busy and will subconsciously make excuses and say, not my kid, not my kid. He's got a 4.0, and he said it was his kid's bong or his dab or his wax pen, and I'm just going to believe him and sweep this under the rug because that's the easy thing to do. We tell our parents, easy now, hard later for years to come, or you can look that child in the eye and make it hard now and easy later for years to come, which might cost you some more work, time, and a little bit of stress now. But if you avoid that and sweep it under the rug, you're going to have a lot more time, stress, and money to pay for years to come. Mm. Um, Drug testing is huge. You know, the little hairs on the back of your neck say, you know, something's not right or I don't like the kid he's hanging out with. You shouldn't be offended to test your child. You shouldn't be offended to check their phone. You shouldn't be offended to do whatever it takes to ensure that your kid isn't going to take a fake Xanax pill that might have microdose fentanyl in it. And as you know, 26 kids were sent to the ER for possible fentanyl overdose, and one of them actually died during the beginning of our pandemic. So it's better safe than sorry. Lastly, mm-hmm. okay. you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be scared to challenge your child. This is your house, your rules. You pay that cell phone bill. And if you're parenting out of fear, you're already losing. And lastly, if you're already scared to get your kids signed up for a mentorship program, I, I encourage you just to reach out to anyone. Getting someone to help you is better than nothing. And if they know what they're doing, they're tactfully going to approach this situation very, very, very delicately. They're going to meet you guys where you, where you guys are at, and they're going to slowly start chipping away. And, yes, it's a process, but like I said, hard mm. now but easy later for years to come. Right. Okay. So now you mentioned something. Uh, you mentioned something. About, but I kind of want to talk about two things in tandem, and you can choose how you want to um, – you know, approach it and which one to go first with. I want to talk about one, the street drugs, because um, I know you and I have had a lot of conversations, you know, about um, raising the awareness and teaching people, you know, parents how to recognize um, street drugs and the prevalence of it, particularly in Southern California, but really in the South Bay also. Um, how, do, mm-hmm. how do parents know? What are some of the words? What are some of the code words? What are some, you know, how, how is it hidden? Um, how are kids getting it? Um, I also want to talk about not just street drugs, but kids, you know, getting pills and what have you out of their own parents, out of the household, maybe from another family member. 
Um, and then maybe we can get a little bit into, you know, vaping and the neurotoxins and, and what's going on in that world too. So I want to talk about sure. some of the substances here. Um, so where do you want to start with that? Mm. First and foremost, I'm so glad you asked this question. Um, the number one platform for drug usage and accessibility to drugs right now, and I'm going to say this loud and clear, Snapchat, Snapchat, Snapchat. And these kids are, are they can buy, they have more access to drugs with quicker services, bringing it right to their front door, quicker than it takes an adult to drive to the store buy a nice bottle of wine and drive back home in a blink of an eye your kid could be vaping nicotine or marijuana the smokeless pens now that you can literally take a hit of nicotine or marijuana in a classroom blow it back in your shirt and no one knows but maybe the kid sitting next to them it happens that fast there's more drugs in the maricosa bathroom and in the mbms bathroom and then some of these uh, other schools uh restrooms and break areas then there is in some of these adult bars at night. And what's happening is mm-hmm. parents, administrators, and even some of these fellow classmates, they're just scared to speak up because they don't want to be labeled as a snitch because the peer pressure, the bullying, and the hazing is also at an all-time high, too, because of social media devices. Um, I would say the nicotine, one, if your kid is irritable all the time, nicotine test him. THC test him. Test them for pills. Get that 15-panel drug test. It causes a ton of irritability. And if your kid is just not acting like his normal happy self, nine times out of ten, he's using. Um, I would Mm -hmm. also encourage parents, check in with your kid daily, time to time, what's going on, who are your friends, where are you going, what are you doing, who are you with. And if you're not comfortable having that conversation to where you might be triggering them or or you're irritating them, then you're already losing the battle. And, and the snowball will only pick up more speed and get bigger and bigger and faster and faster. Um, as for street drugs, 90% of these fake Xanax, Percocet, Vicodin, and these pills that these kids are buying on Snapchat have been tested and proven to have fentanyl in them. So every time they're taking these pills that look just like regular Xanax, they look just like regular Percocet, um, they're playing roulette. They're, they're going to Vegas, and sadly, it's a numbers game, and, and they're eventually going to crap out. Um, the, the, the best thing you can do as a parent is have this uncomfortable yet honest conversation with your child. And a lot of the times, parents don't want to have these conversations. They're either too busy, they're, they're too busy dealing with their own life stressors, or they're in denial, or they're in parenting in fear and and. They don't want to bother their kid and stir the pot and start a, start an argument or a fight. Um, the most uncomfortable conversations are definitely the hardest. And, and I just truly challenge each and every parent out there, check in with your kids, have an uncomfortable conversation. And if they get defensive and it starts a fight, well, there's your indicator right there. They're letting you know something's wrong and they're uncomfortable talking to you about it. I don't know if I answered all your questions, Kelly. Was there any more to that? Uh, no, this is it, it, um, fantastic information. Can you talk and share uh, some of the latest terms, code, text terms, you know, uh, word terms? Yes. Like, you know, when, like, I know, I think football was what, you know, footballs were one of the terms a while ago. I don't even know if that's still relevant or not. But what are some of the words, like if a parent happens to hear a kid say something or see a text that, you know, what are some of those keywords that might trigger that they're, um, you know, doing something with drugs? Sure. And I'm sure if my kids were listening right now in my program, they'd probably laugh because I'm going to butcher some of this, but I'll go ahead and give it a <laughs> shot anyway. I know Zannies, Perks, Bars, some Wax, Dabs. Um, for for some of the, the ecstasy they've been taking, um, there's there's pills called Tesla that have the actual logo on them, uh, trees. Um, from what I gather, those are probably the most popular ones. Tesla trees, Zannies, bars, jabs, wax, um, fizzles. Um, those are those are the, those are the primary uh, street names that that I've heard probably as of late. 
Right. And, and Nick, mm-hmm. did I hear you add a few in there too? Yes, Fizz is definitely one of them. Absolutely. Fizz? Yeah, S-T-I-Z. Okay. Oh, also, um, if they're saying let's get turned, um, I want to get faded, I want to get sauced up, um, that's saying let's meet up and drink. Let's meet up and get drunk. Faded, Mm -hmm. sauced, yeah. Interesting. Wow. And, uh, you know, gosh, what a – Oh boy, you know every you. I hear people say, "What a difficult time to be a parent," but I don't know that you know. There's ever an easy time to be a parent because you have. There's always, you know, it's always relevant to whatever technology and, and is in in the world at this time. But um, what you know what, with your work with the schools? I know you work with Redondo Union High School. Um, the district, and I know you've done a little bit of work uh, in Manhattan Beach, also some private schools. Um, how, if a, you know, how, what's the best way for a child to speak up? So let's say they're, you know, at school, uh, maybe whatever they hear or see some kids, you know, talking about drugs, using drugs in the bathroom, whatever, vaping. Um, no one, you know, wants to be a snitch. They don't want to, you know, be called out. They don't want to be bullied on social media. We we know that's happening a lot. Um, what are some of the way best ways for um, a child to maybe speak up or mm-hmm. to reach out a little bit, you know, for help in in the beginning? Also, is there? Do you recommend they call? Um, like your service? Do you recommend they go to like a school resource officer? I know now that we're getting back on campus versus, you know, being at home, uh, the climate's changing once again. It's so difficult to keep track of. But if Mm -hmm. if, if a kid is on the verge or they want to speak up, what's the best best place to start? I would say, just like we tell our parents, what you allow, you encourage. So, in privacy, I'd, I'd hope that the child, you know, especially if it's a friend or a concern or they just don't like the culture that's been created around them, like mm-hmm. I said, what they allow, they encourage. They should speak to a counselor or a teacher in private and then let the mm-hmm. adult reach out to the counselor, um, school administrator, and mm-hmm. kind of start, you know, kind of start things from there. But if nobody speaks up and that's just the culture, then how can we expect as a community to change things, which only makes things harder for the child and the culture in the school anyway. So I'd encourage all kids. It's not so much snitching and being labeled as a snitch and, and the fear of getting hazed and then bullied online. It's, you know, how do you want your city to be? And then, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. I love how, you know, the world we live in will, will, will keep presenting you with these so-called tests and challenges. And they'll keep testing you, you know, like sixth grade math. What happens if you don't pass sixth grade math? Well, you got to take it again next year. So I encourage kids, if you want to pass sixth grade math, speak up. Speak up in privacy. It will be confidential. And take a stance and stand for something and contribute to changing um, the things you don't like that are around <laughs> you. And guess what? Next year, you're going to take seventh grade math, math and you're going to be faced with that same test again anyways. So the sooner you get in the habit of doing what's right and getting comfortable, being uncomfortable, you're going to catapult to the next levels of your life. You're going to blossom and you're going to get in the fast lane. So when you are a junior or a senior at Costa or in Redondo or off to college, you're not going to have to struggle and deal and fall for half the traps and peer pressures that cause anxiety and hardship that your peers will. You'll be on a whole new level. Okay. Um, So I like it. Speak up, stand up, you know, uh, change what your surroundings or at least – uh, bring what's uncomfortable to you to somebody who can help. Um, I like that a lot. I think we all need to do that more. That It goes for adults too, right? Um, Correct. So to tie in, Nick, um, you know, why should a family trust you? Why should a family 
um, think that you're qualified to the, to do this? You know, do they look at you? Do some kids look at you and go, "Who do you think you are? How you know? You don't know what I'm going through. Um, you, there's no way. Of yeah. course, so, of course. What, no, how, no do you, how do you how do you how do you how do you bridge um, that gap? Well, like I said, it first starts with gently meeting the family where they're at. The first interactions are very light, and um, I usually take my kids on a walk, and I'm vulnerable with them. I let them know that I'm not your cookie-cutter counselor. You know, I, I, I grew up at a private school in San Francisco where my parents could barely afford to pay the tuition, and um, – you know, I, I felt like I was a little behind coming from public middle school. Um, I even stuttered. I was, I was bullied. And I've been in their shoes. I, I self-medicated as well. And, you know, I've been doing this for 21 years now. I've seen it all. I've done it all. I was the bad kid. And now I've done the full circle. And the fact that, you know, at one point um, supervising a gang intervention program. I got a kid, um, a gang member, into the NBA, another one into the NFL. These kids were in Las Vegas doing gunpoint robberies behind the stratosphere. If I could get them off to a better place in their lives, I'm pretty sure I could get little Johnny living in the tree section in Manhattan Beach to become a little more self-aware and, and gently realize that he was born on third base. All you got to do is get home without tripping. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's the journey and the path that I, I'm, I'm already battle-tested, and I've only hired staff and trained my mentors that have also been battle-tested. Nick also has had a ton of hardship, um, and, so, and so have um, a, lot of, a lot of my other um, staff and even some of our newest interns. We um, tactfully hand-select these people. I could care less if my interns and new staff have master's degrees or they're working on their doctorate. It doesn't matter. Are they street smart? Are they compassionate? And uh, do they have a high EQ and ability to, you know, OODA loop things and find, the, find that route to get to the honey to create impactful connection leading to lasting growth? Um, I think the conviction in my voice, um, my history, and the genuine heartfelt sincerity from all of our mentors in our program speak for themselves. As you know, kids say the darndest things. Kids don't lie. And kids know when they're being bullshitted. A kid is going to be much more comfortable dealing with my team and I. They can identify with them. We know the terminology. We know the current music. We know the current trends. Um, As opposed to them going into a stranger's office, sitting down where they're not able to move. We, We like to go on walks play basketball, go on hikes, keep kids and families and clients in movement during our discussions versus sitting there with a therapist or a psychiatrist that's saying, talk about Mm. your feelings and here's a pill and then go back home and be in the same behavioral patterns all over again. Because what we do is we work in the homes. What we do is we hold the parent in the child's hand and walk you through step-by-step of what needs to be done through all the ups and downs until you no longer need us anymore and short and long-term growth has been achieved successfully. Okay. That sounds fantastic. Um, When we um, talk about these issues and when we project for the entire sort of community to better itself, to, reach out to neighbors and, um, you know, uh, give neighbors space or give them help. Um, We want everyone to feel comfortable. And we also want to know, Nick and and Ty, is this affordable? Can can we afford this if we need this help? Uh, Joe, I'm, I'm really glad you said that. For our, um, our private company, Higher Grounds Management, um, because we're only our third year in the company, I'm more concerned about the reputation. I want family saying good things about us. So to me, um, we've always been able to work with all of our family's budgets. Um, for those who still are struggling, 
financially and they need a little extra support. Um, the Journey Home organization, we have free parent support groups where we meet up every other month. We have about 15 of our moms, and we even have some of the fathers where we create a safe space for parents to talk about issues, piggyback ideas off each other, and get evidence-based support. We have guest lectures. We have the latest and greatest books and materials to where we can help steer them in the right direction for free. Um, we're also in the process of getting grant money from the Beach City Health District, which will help pay for some of these services. All of our life skills, early intervention programs in the school district, those are also free. So we've really created, um, you know, we set ourselves up for success. Whether you, whether you have to see us and you have to pay a monthly fee or whether you can't afford to pay for services but you still need our help, we're still here for you guys. It really comes down, yeah. Joe and Kelly, Closed mouths don't get fed. Don't be scared to speak up. If you don't have money, we don't care. We will work with you. If you only have a little bit of money, that's fine, too. We're willing to work with your budget. Um, all I really care about is the integrity of our program, of both programs, and the parents and community knowing we exist. You'd be surprised. Yes. So many families don't know yet in the South Bay who Higher Grounds Management is and who Journey Home is. But once they know right. that these programs are, we're here, we could keep things confidential, or you could come to our free parent support groups. Either way, we're here to help. And as you know, we've, we've serviced over 300 families so far, and have only sent off three or four to Utah. One of the families couldn't even afford um, one of these hardwire resets and send their kid to Utah at $1,000 a day. Our journey home to help pay for half of that. They couldn't afford 1000 bucks a day. This kid just needed a light reset. He needed a reality check. He needed to go to wilderness and go, oh, wow, living in Manhattan Beach isn't as hard as I thought. I've been very disrespectful to my parents. I've been ungrateful. That's a huge pillar we also practice is gratitude. As you guys all know, the happiest people and kids in life are the most grateful and the most flexible. So sometimes we just need to send a, send a kid away for two or three weeks. And if maybe you can't afford a 1000 bucks a day, We'll match that, and we'll help pay for half of that. Nonetheless, I don't want any family in the South Bay or in Southern California area to get rejected for services because of their budget. To me, that's unacceptable because I once was one of those kids. My family couldn't afford – they could barely afford private school. Because I was an athlete, I was able to get some type of support from boosters. But um, mm -hmm. my parents were too busy trying to keep the, just trying to keep the lights on. So if I didn't have a mentor and a community and coaches and good teachers, I mean, it truly takes a village. And that's what we're trying to create here. I've noticed here in the South Bay um, that sometimes we lack simple community. We shouldn't be competing with our neighbors, guys. We should say, hey, my little kid's having problems, and you know what? I might be a little uncomfortable to ask for help, but it's the right thing to do. Set your egos aside. Raise your hand and ask for help. Because if you're in denial or if you're uh, in parenting out of fear, I promise you this will only snowball and have a domino effect of more problems later on, making it slightly easy now but harder for years to come. If you stand firm right. as a parent or stand firm as a child now and, and do something, right. yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be uncomfortable. But that's where the growth lies, and that's what we also teach for, for both programs. No. With struggle comes no. growth. And growth and struggle is nothing more than growth in disguise. I'm sorry, Joe. Go ahead. Now, Kelly. No, Kelly. Um, I'm, I've got a yeah. caller. I'm going to check with them. Yes. Okay. Okay, great. You check with them. Um, all right. Uh, Nick and uh, Ty, we have about six minutes left in the show. But um, sure. without, you know, any, you know, violating any privacy or anything, um, can, can you, Nick, can you share with me, um, you know, one of your um, – Favorite, you know, just not even favorite, but just that heartwarming experience that you've had being a counselor and mentor in uh, with your journey home. Um, I mean, there's there's so many to choose from, but honestly, my favorite moments, I would say, are the beginning and middle and end. I mean, just the the transitions of the kids themselves and the bond inside the home. Um, 
their ability to be transparent with me. Um, I, I'm a big advocate for writing, whether that's uh, journaling or just writing things out. Um, and recently, one of the kids that I work with was willing to open up to me and um, kind of express themselves and really reflect um, internally, um, kind of facing the, their former self, their um, path of growth, their journey, um, and painting out their goals. And in doing so, uh, I, I've seen this kind of um, rebirth in in the teen, which is uh, really special. Um, and um, I, I, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, I was going to say, how do kids feel about journaling? I mean, do they go journaling? Are you kidding? Well, like, you know, I have to write exactly. my feelings down. I mean, exactly. you know, uh, how how do you uh, you know step into that with a with well, one of your students? It's it's difficult. I I, I would say that it doesn't work the first time. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I it takes it takes practice. So I I really try to ease into it. Um, mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm a big, um, I, I love podcasts. I love listening to people that are, you know, challenge me, um, challenge my beliefs, make sure that I um, face certain things within myself that are kind of difficult to look at. And mm-hmm. in doing so, I kind of mm-hmm. have, I, I like to put that on in the background just to um, maybe prompt them or show that they're not alone in feeling something. And in, mm-hmm. while that podcast is on or maybe while they're journaling, I'll, I'll express myself in personal experiences that I have, um, whether that was mm-hmm. more difficult to mm-hmm. my parents because my parents were very harsh. Um, I just want to make sure that there's a common ground and a place of safety. Um, and, and I think that's where my age benefits me. Um, it gives them, you know, there's a commonality there. Um, mm-hmm. We so I think we, that's we have a caller. We have a caller, Nick, and and it was okay. so perfect that you began talking about journalism, journal, journaling, because the uh, the caller Adriana um, really wanted to know um, what you would recommend to uh, encourage children to either do journaling or how can that writing. And, you know, enter into the spiritual nature of recovery. Can you talk a little bit about that, Nick? Well, sure. I, I think a lot of I think a lot of kids have, and maybe I think this goes for adults as well. Uh, having difficult conversations or even giving getting a chance to, um, you know, speak their mind, uh, and especially for a kid, I think they don't understand the power of writing. I think. When they think of writing, they think of an English paper or uh, mm-hmm. writing about a book that they are forced to read. It, it makes them um, kind of shun away from writing because they think that there's just going to be a letter grade attached to it. When in reality, you know, writing critically is a way to articulate your thought and um, kind of delve into what you're really thinking or what you're really feeling. And then it kind of opens up this delta of, you know, maybe there are cracks in my argument or cracks in my thought process or issues that I didn't really think were there. So what I recommend is really writing through any hardships that you have, whether that's with somebody else or an issue that you have internally or an issue with a relationship. I I really think writing it out is the most important thing to do. And there's so much power. It's been, it's been proven with pen to paper and at both of our companies, we tell our kids and our families, journaling is the windshield wipers to the soul. And I think Nick just nailed it. Self-reflection, uncomfortable conversations, and really evaluate, evaluating yourself. Yeah. And, and what's cool oh, about sure. it is, 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 is you're not forced to share it, right? When, when, I'm, when I'm with the kid, I don't ever want them to feel like they have to share what they're writing. And I don't want that habit to be something – that they have to open up to the world about, but it's more just for the self. It's a good habit for the self. And um, journaling, if you can on a daily basis, gives you a chance to look back, you know, a week in the past or a month in the past, kind of see where you were at, what you were doing, and uh, kind of compare yourself, you know, um, especially if you were in a hard time before, you know, you can, you can see, you know, what was I doing wrong? Who was I hanging out with? What habits did I have? 
or vice versa to see where you were what you were doing good in the past and maybe try to replicate that again. Okay. I love okay. it. And, now, then, uh, and I know we all uh, – Joe, hold on. I have one yes, question. Yes, go on. One, I know go we, on. Have, we only have go a minute on. left, and we have to wrap it up. But um, I just want to ask, um, Nick, particularly when um, somebody – a child is journaling or an adult, anybody, is it the power – is it, it's different because there's a kinetic, um, connect, there's a connection with between physically doing it, handwriting it out versus typing it out, right? Do you, Absolutely. Do you actually encourage? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You encourage um, anybody yeah, to actually over, write it out, handwrite. Right. Yeah. There's there's enough technology in their hands on a daily basis, so I, I think getting it in a book is is uh, far more beneficial than uh, yeah. on your phone or something. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Okay, um, Joe, our time is pretty much well, up. Let's wrap it up. Right. Thank you so well, much, guys. Wrapping this, well, 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 Ty, wrapping mm-hmm. up this uh, subject is terribly difficult. We have a caller, Chris, on the line who is just um, um, asking, how, what are your plans for expanding this program to other cities besides just the South Bay and Vegas? What are your plans for expanding? Great, qu- great question. Um, what, what we've uh, realized is, is the co-founder and I, the majority of nonprofits and early intervention programs and the, the really, really good ones, they're all in the inner cities. But as you guys know, more money, more problems. What we're doing now is um, we're expanding. We're expanding in the Southern California area. Um, we're expanding to Las Vegas. We'll be expanding to Dallas by year t- 2023. And what we're trying to do here in the South Bay first is create um, a model and a blueprint um, and branding that's been proven to work. If you check out all, all the testimonies on the Google reviews, on the websites, you'll see some heartfelt stories. Um, and to me, should the proof's in the pudding. If we're bringing families together from, you know, middle income to high income, and, and it's proven to work, we know this blueprint can be replicated successfully, and, um, and, we're, and we're able to spread this program um, onto other cities because, you know, the, the inner cities shouldn't have all of the best programs. Um, our kids and our families struggle too, and a lot of the times people assume, oh, well, that city or that community has money. So why would we put a, a program or a nonprofit like this there? Because that, that community is going to be fine. And that is a huge, huge, huge misconception that we are trying to change. Right. You know, I, I, right. Do want, I do want – Joe, I know we're over our time, but I also know that when we share – digitally online, it'll capture all the conversations. So I, I do want to, to Ty's point, I do want to say, you know, yes, uh, Manhattan Beach particularly and the South Bay, other parts of Southern California are extremely affluent, extremely. Um, but it doesn't mean that everybody living in that community is affluent. It doesn't mean even affluent households might not be going through a time where they're not, they don't have that liquidity to be able to, you know, pay for things or, or reach out for help too. So I think mm-hmm. what's also very important here, or, or maybe, you know, maybe it's a divorce situation where, you know, money is tied up. Who knows? It's none of our business, right? What's, what's our business and what Ty and Nick are talking about, their business is helping the child and helping the family. And what's so important to realize is both of their services, um, higher grounds management and journey home, are going to make it happen no matter where you are, no matter where your child is, no matter where your family is um, financially. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a stigma that tends to run around this town also. And I just want to, you know, make it clear that if you're listening and you, um, you need help, you, you want to get help for your family, um, don't let anything stop you. The only thing you have to do is call or reach out to um, Ty and his group, and they're going to make it, they're going to meet you and make it happen. Yeah, Absolutely. and right. you know what? Some sometimes it's not this big, massive, huge mountain, right? Sometimes it's just a quick fix. Sometimes your kid is doing well, but they make a mistake, and to prevent it from having a snowball effect, they just need a quick reality check, and we offer that too. If your kid gets in trouble, we do beach cleanups. If your kid just needs some space, let's press the reset button. 
We do hiking retreats, surfing retreats in San Clemente. We're even taking a group to Maui, I think, I think May 25th to June 3rd. And we even, um, and, and we even do actual things um, here locally. I think the last trip we went on with the group, it was in Mammoth. We took kids snowboarding. Then when we're in the cabin, we're doing simple life skills and some group therapy. And sometimes that's all it takes is like, hey, we're here for you guys. There's support. There's mentorship. And maybe, it, you know, it's not this big, this big monumental scary challenge of like, oh, my kid needs, you know, he needs help. He, needs, he has to go to outpatient or he has to go to rehab because of all these drugs. Sometimes it's just being proactive, right? keeping the wheels on the bus. So whether it's little Johnny who's just, you know, fighting you to make his bed in the morning or you need someone to help out and, you know, have some aftercare services from outpatient, we pretty much cover the mm. entire spectrum. Wow. Well, this is the beginning of your journey, uh, just the beginning uh, to, to you know, you, you've got an issue, you, you know of a neighbor that has an issue, share this with your neighbor, share this uh, podcast with anyone that you think uh, could use it. Please do that. Please do that. Yourjourneyhome.org, uh, yourjourneyhome.org, your journey begins now. Hi, um, Nick. Thank you so much for this. Thank you so much for all the people that are going to be helped by this. Thank you. I appreciate it. Awesome, Joe. Um, thanks for having us. That was awesome, guys. You're very welcome. I'm glad you were able to join us. Um, Ty, do you want to provide any phone numbers that if somebody's listening um, and they don't want to go online, they want to pick up the phone and call, what was the best number to call? Sure. Um, you know what? Instead of going to the office, I'd like them just to call me straightforward, 805-769-7549. That's 805-769-7549. Excellent. Okay. Fantastic. All right, Joe, another, another fantastic Friday is in the books. That is another, another fantastic Friday with our callers, uh, Adriana and Chris. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, this is why we do this. We want to make an impact. So please take your opportunity to share this or, or get involved if your family is in, is in need. Uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Thank you.